We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode of Seahawks Man to Man is presented by OfficialK9.com, the official store of Kenneth Walker III. His store combines the power of Web 2 and Web 3 to allow for fans to purchase new merch drops, digital collectibles, and enter exclusive giveaways. Check out OfficialK9.com to see all the newest merchandise from Kenneth Walker III and use code Seahawks for 10% off at checkout. Again, Use code Seahawks on officialk9.com for 10% off Kenneth Walker III's official gear at checkout. Check out the podcast description for more details. Welcome to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. Here's my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the tweet machine. You guys know where to follow me, M-I-K-E-D-U-G-A-R. I am verified on there still. Uh, shout out to Elon Musk. Has not taken my blue check away. Shout out to all of our YouTube subscribers as well. Seahawks Man to Man on YouTube is the name of the channel. That is the number two man, Seahawks Man to Man. Uh, Chris Holler. What is good, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206 and at CKID206. All right. We do a bonus episode of Seahawks Man to Man on YouTube. Um, we usually release it on Fridays, you know, if it's normal uh, schedule. That's where we break down like a film thing. Uh, and on the last episode of that, at least I think it was on the last episode of that. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, we we kind of jokingly made a promise that if the Panthers <laughs> had beat the Seahawks, we weren't even going to have like no introduction part of the show like we usually have a thing that me and chris just want to talk about independent of the questions that you guys ask you know he's get to the twitter questions somewhere in between 20 30 40 minutes into the show uh we're kind of joking like yo if they lose to the panthers man we ain't gonna do that we're just gonna take y'all questions because we know you're gonna have a million of them and what do you know chris they <laughs> went we out there and lost to the panthers man 30 to uh 24 the mm-hmm. final yeah the the, the Last drive there makes it look a little bit more respectable. But yeah, 30 to 24. Panthers win. Panthers are five and eight. The Seahawks haven't won at Lumen Field, I feel like, since the Civil War. Uh for real. I can't I can't even when the last time they won at home? The Giants game? Yeah. I think it was wow. the, I think it was the Giants game in like week eight, I wanna say. That is ill. Yeah, let me see. I'm look I'm gonna look at this before we get into the, the questions here. Let's see. Scheduled by team. The Seahawks have not won at home 
since the yep the Giants game on October 30th. So right now, today it is December 11th. Yeah, the Seahawks. The Seahawks. Went, uh, they only had one home game. Looks like in the month of November, and it was the Raider game. So, but still, it's been a while. Um, and they got the Niners coming in on Thursday night. Um, so, yeah, the Seahawks messed around and lost. So, to to basically honor our little uh, unofficial promise there, we ain't we, we ain't got no introduction. We're gonna get to everything in the questions. The best part of the show, and we have so many. How many we get today? We get, we was getting uh, before the game went final. People tweeting me, <laughs> hey, hey, question for the pod. <laughs> yeah, I got a DM early. <laughs> hey, yeah. question for the pod. So yeah, it. It definitely people weren't waiting. I'll tell you that much. Hey, get these off now. Yeah, no, nah, everybody like, yeah, we go, yeah, question for question for the pod, question for the pod, question for the pod. Uh, we have uh, a gazillion of them. So let's uh let's let, let let's get to it, Chris. They'll cover everything too, it sounds like. So uh, yeah, defense. That's all we need to talk about, right? Yeah, that, that was definitely <laughs> gonna be the thing no matter what. So yeah, let's let's do it. Well, here we go. This one comes from Thurston at Thurston underscore MZ. He's over there in Germany, so he's probably asleep right now while we're recording this. But by the time he gets it, obviously, he'll be up and ready to tune in. How disappointed are you guys about the last games? And even if the Seahawks make the playoffs, it could possibly be them getting knocked out early. So I guess how disappointed are we the last few games regarding how the Seahawks are playing, especially on the defense? Uh, disappointed is probably not the word because I don't have, like, any emotional investment in, in there. Uh I do think that it's I get more and more alarmed a, as they go on, you know, um, and like part of it is this quote didn't make my story. But like it's 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 something that like let me see if I can find it in here. They just can't run the ball. Oh, here we go. It's from Pete Carroll. He says the running game. He said, I'm really disappointed because we focused on areas that we're looking at. The running game on offense and running game on defense were both focus points for us. We have to get this thing turned, and we're still on it. Um, and that's not the strongest of quotes, but it kind of summarizes how I've been looking at their last few games. You know, even some of the games they won, you know, like the Giants game, for example. Like, no, actually, the Giants game is a bad example. But um, they've had some games here where they can't stop the run, and they can't run the ball, and they've known that that's going to be the key in all of the games and still can't do it. Yeah, and that, that speaks to a ton of issues we'll get to. But, like, disappointed is not the word because, you know, like, Pete can be disappointed because he has an emotional attachment in here. And he's also filthy, stinking rich. Um, me, on the other hand, I am not filthy, stinking rich. Um, so, and I have no emotional investment. But it is just, it, it's it's alarming. It's concerning. It's all those those words because when you focus on something all week and then are just bad at it, like, that's pretty yeah, d- disappointing, frustrating, alarming, concerning. What other adjectives you got? I would say for me, it's it's odd. This team definitely has the talent. They just aren't getting it done for reasons we touched on last week. <laughs> and unfortunately, we said that, yeah, if they don't figure it out. We ain't got much to say for the whole show. We just going to get to the Twitter question because it's literally the same things that we've been saying. It just execution, consistency, it hasn't come together. And we talked about it off wax, obviously. They do it for a play here, and then the next three plays, they get gouged for 13 yards on the first down. So that right there in a nutshell, it's really the simple things on this field, on the, for this football team. And unfortunately, it's just not coming together. So, yeah, I the word I'm going to use is odd. Not disappointed. Right. I'd say odd. Yeah, that's fair, too. Yeah, this, bad, bad, this is some bad loss. I mean, you really don't want to say bad loss because every team has NFL players, but it was some bad losses here. They've, they've lost to some teams that – 
who coming into the game have had losing records. Pretty sure. That's, 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 that's pretty disappointing. This next one comes from KT at LL Cool K5. Oh, we know this guy, don't oh, we? Oh, KT. Hey, yo, yo. <laughs> What's going on, with KT? A, with a tough remaining schedule, y'all think the Hawks make the playoffs, especially since they can't seem to stop the run? So, me and Chris were talking about this particular question, not because it's Kyle. Kyle's our homie, by the way. But um, not because it's KT who asked it, because of the the, pref- the premise is that the Seahawks have a tough schedule. I don't think the Seahawks schedule is actually that tough, like just as a just a four game stretch here. It's the Niners with a third string quarterback and no Debo, it looks like. It's then the Chiefs. That, that, that's tough. That's tough. Um, and then you got the Jets with their third string quarterback. Um, and whatever's and left the Rams. <laughs> whatever's left of the Jets run game. I think I think their leading rusher today was their third stringer. Uh some, somebody whose last name is Knight. Yeah. And then um who will, oh and then the yeah, Rams. the Rams playing Baker, who just showed up 10 minutes ago. So like on paper, that's not that tough. You know, like I bet you their strength of schedule rating compared to other teams is actually not that crazy. I bet you it's probably middle of the road. It's tough. Then it goes to answer to KT's question. It's tough because of what they're bad at stopping the run when you can't stop the run every game's tough <laughs> seriously every team's got a running back who can who can get busy like the worst teams in the league have like a decent running and then like today the leading rusher was chuba hubbard you know uh him and deontay Foreman has 74 yards but like that was two dudes with 74 yards yeah, it was 74 times two. times two got 148 um uh, with those two just just two dudes right there not to mention uh raheem uh, blackshear yeah who i quite literally never heard of until this morning um you know goes in and gets the the game ending touchdown basically and he had like 32 yards on like four carries or something like that so it's not i don't think the schedule's tough i know uh i know uh chris i know you kind of think it's tough i just think it's tough because what they're bad at because when when you're bad at stopping the run you can lose to Georgia, you know, like maybe not. That's too too far too too much of an extreme. But yeah, when you can't stop the run, the the worst quarterbacks in the league. I'm talking like XFL all star type caliber dude. Like should not be in the NFL at all. Can beat you, you know. Like you, that that that's that's just the reality. So yeah, I don't think their schedule's tough. I do think they can still get into the playoffs. Um, just because of who they're battling against. It's basically the Seahawks. Uh, I'm not throwing the Lions in here because they've, they've lost some tiebreakers. That's going to make it tough for them. But uh, you've basically got the Giants, the Washington Commanders, and the Seahawks fighting for two spots. Um, because I don't think either of those teams are very good, uh, especially the Giants. The Giants are bad, legitimately bad. Uh, because I don't think the Giants are very good, I think the Seahawks are just like squeaking in. You know, it helped because they got the tiebreaker over the Lions. Um, who are at six and seven, I believe. And I think only one team from the NFC South is going to get in. It's either going to be the Bucks or the Panthers. Maybe it's the Saints by a miracle. So I think they can get in, but yeah, I don't actually don't, I, I, I won't point that out. I don't, I reject the, the premise that their, that their schedule is tough. I think it's tough just because of what they're, they're bad at. The Jets are not scary because the Jets are scary. The defense is scary, but the Jets, are, the Jets are scary because they don't need Mike White to throw it. To beat the Seahawks at currently constructed. They don't need Zach Wilson to throw it. They don't need Joe Flacco to throw it. Like, you know, they can just hand it off. Same thing with the Rams, you know. So that that I think is important to know too with that question. 50-50. It's close. For me, I do think it's kind of tough just because of the two games they do have. But then 
the one game where I'm thinking that ah, it's actually not that tough. It's just the Niners game because they really do one thing really well. That's run the football, and then they also have a good defense. So I guess in totality, that is really a tough game. So I'll give it two teams. As you said, the Niners for sure. Chiefs, their offense is dynamic. Their defense is okay. The Jets just have a good defense. I'm not really worried about their offense. Seahawks should have a wash there, but defensively, if they can't stop the run, that does mean possibly four challenging games because one side of the ball hasn't figured it out. But that's just the reality of it. And I do think they're a playoff team, but they have put themselves in a really tough position. We'll see what happens, I guess, when it comes down to it. They have four games to prove that they can make something of themselves and they can still win this division. That's the crazy part. They can still win the NFC West. That's how many how many games back in the NFC West are they? I think that's well, actually the Niners won today. So that what are the Niners? Eight and they, nine and four. So maybe not. Play the Niners, so that that helps. So that does, but nine and they're nine and four. So the Seahawks have to win out. And they need the Niners to lose some games. That is it's possible, especially with their their current situation at quarterback, but their defense is actually really disgusting. Their defense is elite. <laughs> elite today who not today but just every day they're, they're just yeah, holding crazy. tom brady to zero for three quarters is very impressive yeah I the bucks offense actually isn't that good but yeah that's that's another team that can't run the ball unless it's against the seahawks so <laughs> yeah next question comes from actually your family member your cousin mr dugar demetrius who is the linebacker coach and can they survive this season? Our backers are always in the wrong place. Our safeties and DBs shouldn't be the first ones hitting the running backs. Uh, to answer my cousin's question, uh, the linebackers coach. So I think Aaron Curry is not, I think, I know. Uh, Aaron Curry is basically like the edge coach. And then like, so that's like, think Daryl Taylor, Bruce, um, who else? Uh, Boy Mafe, um, Chenna. That's who I was thinking of. Like Chenna. So there's like an edge emphasis coach. That's like Aaron Curry. And the inside linebackers guy is a guy named John Glenn. Um, JG's been on the staff for a little bit. Um, actually, I think it's like his 10th year or something like that. Uh, does he survive the season? Mm, that's a good one. They changed coordinators. And usually when you change coordinators like that, like some of the guys who are holdovers from the previous staff can be some of the kind of the, kind of the guys who can be the first to go. Uh, if if there are some changes made, because Cody and Jordan have both made some strides this year, that, that probably speaks to some of the work that JG is doing um, with them. Uh, but I think that's a fair question because they are just they have struggled in every every facet at different points of the season. Like right now with the run game, to be clear, I don't think it's just like oh our linebackers stink. I think everybody is playing a role in the run game being bad. Uh, but like the in some games it's been the linebackers, and some games the linebackers have been bad in pass protection, or excuse me, not pass protection, pass coverage, either whether it's blowing something or getting beat or whatever. So like you but you've had some hits and misses, but then Jordan and Cody have played really well in some games too. So it's just inconsistency. And when you're talking about a guy who and Cody who's starting for the first time, and then you got a guy in JB who's in year three calling plays for the first time. Maybe you expect some of those ebbs and flows in two young guys' games. Uh, but I do think if there were two changes to be made, like I don't think Clinton gets fired after one year. Um, maybe guys leave if they want to. But um, I think when you're looking at like, dang, maybe we should make a change here. JG would seem to be on a short list of guys potentially because, I mean, that's his position group ain't hot. But to be fair, most everybody's position group really struggling except for 
I would say Carl Scott, Corner. the DB coach. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a, he's he's got them guys. I mean, Michael Jackson's playing solid. Tariq Woolen probably gonna make the All Pro team. So I mean, like his 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 guys are doing uh, doing fine. So, but yeah, I think I I think JG survives the season, but I'm not. I don't feel like great about it right now. I obviously haven't done no reporting on that, but yeah, I, I could see him being scapegoated uh, for for some of this because having the worst run defense in the league that's that's rough. This one's from Jeff. How does Puna Ford and Brian Monet grade against the run? I know Al Woods is considered good, but it feels like he struggles to stay healthy. So I, I, grade, I don't, I don't go handing out grades, and I don't really care about PFF grades really. Um, I think they're useful in some cases and not so useful in others. Um, but what I will say is, everyone in the D line, generally speaking, so this includes Puna, this includes you know Q Jeff and um, Shelby, Al, Brian Monet, everybody. Everybody generally has the same problem. It's inconsistency. You got some plays. There was a play today. Q Jeff just blows some shit up. I think him and Ryan combined. I think the run only goes for like one yard. Great play. I think it was like in the first half. Um, then you have plays where guys are just get washed off blocks. Now, um, then you have another play like Brian Monet's play, and they hit a tackle for loss on the first goal line trip where uh, Deontay Foreman ends up scoring. Uh, you got you got that play. Brian Monet just blows it up perfect um and you have some other plays where guys like shoot some gaps and like i showed some run fits in our last podcast um on the one that came out on friday our bonus episode for youtube i showed one where bruce Irvin gets in the backfield show one where chenna gets in the backfield um chenna had one today where he got in the backfield on a short yardage situation i think he missed the tackle um i think it was on the goal line as well so my point is that everyone generally the exception of Al, with Al, he gets double teamed a lot, so it's a little trickier with him. My, Brian Monet too, but generally speaking, the problem is guys are not getting off the ball uh, consistently enough, and they'll they'll do it one play here or one play there. Um, Seattle actually has like a decent amount of run stuffs, which is like a st- tackle for no gain, exactly no gain. They actually do, are doing well in that since week ten when this kind of slide happened, but they're not getting enough of them. Um, and then I get enough of neg- or TFLs tackle for loss. So, yeah, it's, I don't think it's Puna, but it's Shelby who didn't play today. Al who didn't play in the second half. Um, I, I think that the general problem is guys are not consistently making plays and wreaking havoc in the backfield. And because of that, teams can just stay in their script, keep running the ball, keep going under center, keep running the same shit over and over and over again. And the Seahawks basically have no rebuttal. This one is from Stephen Collins. At first, Stephen Collins, why not go back to the 4-3 defense? It can't get worse than what it is running the 3-4. They don't have the personnel yet to run this new defense. Why do they insist on running it this season? A uh, few things there. Good question, Stephen. Stephen's another frequent uh, asker, I want to say. Um, first thing, there is no front that does not have a flaw. Right, like if you run a four-three, like we've seen in the past, when the Seahawks had some good run defenses, you can get cooked. You can particularly get cooked on like out off tackle runs. Um, there's some other, pretty much any run can beat you depending on the front. But like every front has a flaw, just like every coverage has a flaw. Right, it's like you can't just run a bunch of cover two. Like there's no cover two beaters out there. You know, like can't just run a bunch of cover three. Like there's no schemes that can be cover three. Just like there's no, you can't just run, you can't just say I switched to four or three and then we'll be better stopping the run. Well, every, you know, they can run on that too, right? Like football's been around for a little bit. Um, same thing with the three, four. It's like that, there's every front has a problem. The, 
eventually it comes down to getting off blocks for one. Um, and but specifically to the Seahawks and their problem today, and some of the re- recent issues they've had, they've actually been running like those four man fronts uh, pretty often. They did that a lot today. I don't have the like the full breakdown numbers, but they were doing that today, bringing a safety down, like pl- kind of pl- going back to what they were doing some of the previous years. Like they ran some, they ran a lot of cover three uh, today, and it was not working. Uh, at all and just like last week against the Rams they ran a lot of cover three like not cover nine I'm about to get real not complex here but so cover nine is basically it'll look like cover three but it'll be like a match cover three meaning like if a guy leaves you're matching the routes in your zone and sometimes you just follow that shit um, I think Tariq, Tariq Willis pick six I think is like a, uh, against the Lions like a cover nine situation whereas cover three you're, you're not. It's more traditional, just play your zone, like Tariq's pick on the wheel route against the Rams. That was just regular cover three, stay in the deep third of your zone. But like now they're kind of back to, all right, cover three, four, four man front, bring Ryan Neal into the box, still got gashed. So like today they even tried some of that to Steven's point, and it did not matter because every front has an issue and there is no perfect front when your guys are getting knocked off the ball. Um, so that's, that's really bad. And then the only other thing you can do potentially is like crash down and like take a shot here. But we've seen where that work that works sometimes. And then sometimes you you get out of the wrong gap and then boom, you're fucked. You're leaving you're leaving Quandre out to dry. You're leaving Tariq out to dry. You're leaving Kobe or Ryan Neal, um, someone whose jersey number is in the twenties. You're leaving them out to dry. And usually, it is, generally speaking, I know they switch the jersey rules, but generally speaking, if, if a guy whose jersey number in the twenties has to make the tackle, you're probably screwed. I, eventually that will be uh that will be bad so that's why steve they'll just go back to that a they've already done it and b there's just no perfect front when you when guys aren't getting off blocks this next one comes from ted jones at nutsack volcano i know you remember that one mike i don't remember nutsack volcano i don't know how i don't remember that but <laughs> all right are there any cha- personal personnel changes this season that can be made to fix the defense I don't think there's a notable personnel move to make. I think you could play like Boye Mafe a little bit more at the expense of maybe like a Chenna or a Bruce. But even then, I just don't think, like, I think Bruce played fine today. I think Bruce had some. Yeah, some he had a sack. Just, it, even, even without the sack, just looking at the run stuff, like Bruce has been pretty decent in the run. Some of the boot stuff was getting him against the Rams. Um, that, that was a little tricky. But yeah, I thought Boye, uh, Boye maybe. I mean, obviously, you don't want to play. They were playing Miles, Adams, and LJ probably a lot more than they would have liked just because they didn't have Shelby and they didn't have Al. You know, that's just a, a problem. Um, not having those two or two of their better players up front. Um, so that that's an issue. So, I mean, having those guys probably help against the 49ers if, in fact, they can play. I don't know the status of Al's calf. Um, I'm always scared of calf injuries because it makes mm. me think, do you have a calf? Or no, it's a heel. Excuse me. Oh. I'm always scared of those because I'm thinking, oh, your Achilles is about to pop, you know, and you just don't, you just don't want that. Um, so when I hear heel injuries, I'm like, fuck, that's bad. Um, Shelby sick, don't know how sick, um, but I would imagine he probably tries to tough it out on Thursday. That would be my guess because I don't, yeah, I, I, I think guys, guys in the NFL are just so accustomed to dudes playing through stuff that missing a game because you're sick is kind of one of those ones that I don't think a lot of that. Like they, it's like, all right, you're sick, but like that's just not something that usually sits sits really well. Like, you got to be damn near dying 
you know, for them to be like, oh, okay, yeah, I feel you, bro. Otherwise, it's like, well, get your sick ass out here. So uh, I would imagine that Shelby toughs it out. But the other, no, there's no personnel. You just gotta, you gotta ask dudes to play better, which is also alarming because it's December. But there's 13th, 12th. It's December 11th. 11th? Excuse December, me. December 12th. By the time they're hearing this, it, December 11th when we're recording it. If by the time if you're just asking dudes to play better in December 11th, yeah, that's that's a, that's a problem. Not good. This next one comes from Tyler Purcell at TP underscore 004. Are the Seahawks defensive struggles in recent years more of a defensive coordinator problem or a head coach? Yes. <laughs> The answer is uh, yes on that. And Pete Carroll said today, he's like, I got to be better. I got to help our defense more, man. And and because, you know, they did they did go to this structure, this this fourth, this 3-4 split safety light box structure. Like, that was their their shift. Um, they were they were doing the bare front thing, just, uh, you know, like in preseason and stuff. And they came out in the year running a lot of those four down, four-man fronts. I think they call it like a stick front, I think is what they're, what they're just called. Um, but anyway, so that's usually when you see four guys at the line instead of like a, a nose over the center. So they have those they have those the different fronts. And they came out in the light box front in the earlier in the year and they're getting their asses ran on. So then you seem to make some changes, bring in the penny package, um, you know, go with the bare front, pull Cody Barton off the field, use Kobe Bryant as like an extra linebacker. And it was like, oh, they had some success there. Um, and even Cody started playing better too in that stretch. And now it's like, now they're back to like a more of a 4-3 look and cover three. And then they're just getting run on on that. So it's like, whatever they're doing is just getting getting ran on. And that's another reason why I use the word alarming. Because I think we talked about this on the podcast that dropped Wednesday. Is that like every team, Chris, that's run on them is they're 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 out scheming them like the bucks came in with a tendency to not run it very often these the seahawks deactivated brian monet and the broncos or excuse me the bucks were like bet run time here's rashad white right and then the uh, the raiders it was like oh you guys are dedicated to stopping Devonte. did you forget we got josh jacobs boom ran it right at him fullback look boom uh another coaching miscue the the uh the rams game like i think i mentioned this too if you watch the all access thing from that the seahawks put out after the game they put out like tuesday or wednesday it's on their youtube channel quandre dig before they break the huddle on defense says we know what it's gonna be it's gonna be runs and it's gonna be boots right he says that to the defense what did the Rams go out there and run? A bunch of fucking <laughs> boots, and they just ran the ball. Like uh, it was uh, all the stuff that they expected, and they st- and it still worked with Bright, not Bryce Perkins, who was the quarterback, Walford, Walford, John Walford in that game. Today, same thing. One of the first questions that Ryan Neal got asked in the press conference was, "Did they surprise you with any of their runs?" Ryan says, nope. "No, <laughs> no, they did not. They ran exactly what we thought they were going to run under center." Uh, they ran their shotgun runs. We're, we're getting them to. They, they knew all that. Even Pete Carroll said they, we weren't surprised by shit. They just got schemed up. Uh, Chris, we uh, did they talk about the, the the them running the same play on the broadcast? Did they talk about uh, that at all? I believe so. I like I said, I got I get locked in. I really don't even hear them much. I mean, I'm obviously yeah. talking, but I'm sure they definitely mentioned it because yeah, it was we saw the same plays literally. Like they're. That last drive when they got a field goal, they ran the same play that entire drive. Threw a couple of passes behind the line of scrimmage, considered a run to Chenault, but 
swing passes they are called but for the most part that last drive the whole game they ran i think five plays <laughs> just yeah twist, like just twitch so them up <laughs> i got the the numbers in front of me so the the not the last drive so the second to last drive where they get the touchdown run Mm -hmm. Blackshear again who I just heard of this morning I'm hopefully he wasn't like a star college player and I'm just sounding like an idiot but I had never heard of this Blackshear Kevin. well do you watch a lot of college football Mike I really don't I there think you college go. football is such a bad product um anyway so the Panthers get the ball they are on their own 26 with 12 minutes left they're up 20 to 17. they go shotgun and run it with uh Chuba he gets 11 yards first down then they go under center Chuba again six yards Shotgun, zone read, Sam Donald, two yards. Shotgun, Chuba, 12 yards. A flea flicker because why the hell not? Uh, <laughs> shotgun, uh, Blackshear, 16 yards, first down. Shotgun, Blackshear, again, six yards. Shotgun, Chuba, seven yards, first down. Uh, and then they, like you said, they ran a swing pass, which was basically out of the same motion. It's the same It's the same uh, uh, play call. It's either just Sam throws it, or he hands it off. It's the same thing out of the shotgun. And then again, shotgun with that same motion, eight yards, Blackshear touchdown. So that's 10 plays. And on eight of them, they ran the exact same play. Ew. Eight, now, one of them, that, that's a swing pass, like you said. But it's the same. It's an orbit motion. And when I say orbit motion. It's the same motion, swing pass they saw earlier where he attacked Quandre and went all the smoke. He ducked his head. It was. Oh, yeah. That looked, that looked violent. Yeah, it did. Was, it did. Yeah. Boy said, stood up and was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Oh my goodness, that is a tank." But continue, Mike. Yeah, well, see, so that's all that orbit. So when I say orbit motion, that's when you see. That's when you've seen Chenault just coming around Going in the back. backfield. The Seahawks do it too with Tyler quite a bit. So if you uh, they do run a kind of orbit motion thing, like so, that's basically all the same play. And the reason they're running that play is because when you have the little swing pass, what it it's like Jordan Brooks. If he's on that side of the formation, he has to honor that they'll run the swing pass because they did. They ran it a few times. And when you run it to keep them honest, uh, Jordan has to acknowledge it. Well, what happens when he acknowledges it, it pulls him out of the box. So even if you have Ryan Neal coming down, if you pull a tackle or a guard from one side of the formation to the other, you're getting Bruce is basically taking the edge. OK, well, you got that puller. It's a puller versus either Ryan Neal or like Kobe Bryant. Come on, man. That's unfair to them. I'm, I'm not even nothing to speak to their skill set. Ryan shouldn't be taking on pulling linemen. That's hard, man. Ever. He's a safety. I mean, not you have to do that, but like when you say a box safety, that's what the box safety has to do, and that shit hurts, right? So, um, oh, as an example of stuff, guys playing through shit. Ryan has an injured knee, shoulder, elbow. And, and an elbow the size of a Christmas tree on his. You saw arm. that big ass yeah. break? Yeah, that big and old. <laughs> he's still playing, so like that's why I mean, like Shelby's probably gonna tough it out because when you got guys like Ryan playing through stuff like that, like I, guys just don't want to hear that you're sick. You know what I'm saying? Um, Anyway, so they, they basically they that's how they were when I say scheming them up, like the Bucks did it, the Raiders did it, the, the Rams did it, and then the Panthers did it a way that these guys just didn't have answers for it. And that is bad. That is that's coaching. That means that that their coaches are in there be getting real diabolical during the week and they're being better at it than your guys. And that there, there really is nothing that you talk about personnel. There's nothing to fix that. Like, you can be better than the coaching staff on the other side, you know, here and there. But it was like four weeks in a row, at least on defense, the other team's offensive staff has been better. That's 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 troubling, man. Because what are the players going to do with the guys leading them? You know, it starts with the coaching staff. It starts with them building the plan. When the play, This gives you guys a little insight in how the week works. 
let's say it's a regular week when the guys come in like wednesday 6 a.m 7 a.m or whatever that's when they, they get the game plan and they get it talked to them if 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 when they get the game plan at six or seven o'clock in the morning on a wednesday and it ain't good <laughs> you know you kind of you kind of screwed from the jump there so yeah that's that's really bad man i don't know i don't forgot the question we were answering there but that's mm. that's the big issue that i'm sure people want to know like why the fuck are we getting run on we being the seahawks that's why getting schemed up every week every week and it's bad because they, they had no answer for that one play they ran that play like they ran like two, two plays. They either ran like under center or they ran that shotgun. That was it. That was the whole game plan. It, it might have been max five different plays that they had planned. Their best player had zero receptions. DJ Moore did not catch a pass. <laughs> this That puts things in, into perspective. The man did not catch a pass. He got a carry before he caught a pass. Just let that sink in for a second as we move on to our next question. Seattle gets gas for... Gets gas on the ground again. Any chance Jalen Carter can suit up for the Seahawks Thursday? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. <laughs> Jalen Carter is that kid from uh, Georgia. From Georgia, yeah, the defensive tackle from Georgia. I do think, though, that while having a rookie, having him in, in there would be helpful, I think that that one player is not going to do it. They, the, the, the Seahawks at the point that the um, – the Chargers ran last year when they had a really bad run defense. And when you can't just make one or two moves, I think they drafted a linebacker, signed Sebastian Joseph Day. Uh, I think they drafted a defensive tackle um, as well. Like they went all in on the thing. That was their issue. Um, 
and sometimes it's it, a lot of times it's multiple people you need to step up. I mean, look at the Eagles this year. They were bad at running the ball. And they were like, where's Indominus Sue? Who's the other guy they signed? They signed um, like Linval Joseph, I think. Um, so they signed, like they made some they made some moves. They were like, we need to get some three techniques in here. Now they had some injuries too. I think George Davis got hurt, but like they they knew it ain't just one guy fixes your your run defense. You know, it's it's multiple um, dudes. As much as like. I know a lot of people probably miss Bobby right now, but it's not just like having Bobby would not fix all of, of this. This is it would help. Bobby's great, but it wouldn't fix all of it. This is this is like I said, this is starting on like Tuesday or Wednesday when the coach is putting in the plan and the plan is not being the plan is not being executed and other teams are figuring out ways around your plan and it's it's working. Speaking of players, Michael at Mick Newhouse, he's asked how much of the defense would be fixed by simply having Jamal Adams back on the football field? I do think that's an interesting question. It was a, I don't know if they showed all this on TV, but it was like safety day at the, at the ballpark. It felt like like Cam Chancellor was there. Um, Jamal Adams was there. He hadn't been around and they showed Ken Hamlin um, uh, as well. Like it was, it was interesting. I was, I, I made a note of that. Like they could have used any of those guys. Um, uh, really? Uh, anyway, uh, what was I saying? Oh, if they had Jamal. Jamal. Um, I don't. I think they'll be better with Jamal because I think Jamal's really good. But again, it's just so much of it is the scheme stuff. Like Jamal ain't a guy with a thirty. He's not a guy whose numbers in the twenties. But damn, his numbers in the thirties. And you don't want them guys being at the you know the first point of attack either. But Jamal is such a really good run defender that I do think it would help a little bit. In part because what Jamal was really good at especially that little run last year with like the Steelers game, Saints game, and the Packers. They had a little stretch right there where they were really nasty on defense. Well, what they were really good at in that run, the Washington game too, is they could play too high but still fit the run really well because Jamal Adams is just a goddamn tank coming from like depth like that. He could come from 15 yards off, crack a tight end, make the play. Like he was really good at that. Um, not to say Ryan can't do that, but just, you know, there's a reason that Jamal got 70 million. Like, he's really, he's even better at it. And that's, that's fine. Uh, and he's a really good blitzer. Like, there's just, he's a really good uh, run blitzer, too. Like, Jamal is just a good at a lot of stuff. I do think getting him back next year will, will be really helpful. Um, and I can see why they thought their def- run defense would be better with him in it. Um, but he there's only so much you can do. Chris, they are a really bad run defense, too, man. I don't even know if I can, if I'm putting... That this in perspective, can I, can I, should I give some numbers here? Yeah, I should we have numbers. for the last couple of weeks, Mike. But you know what? We get new listeners each week, so why don't you give them the latest run stats yeah. for the Seahawks defense? No, I won't even. I won't even do the numbers right here. I, I would just say, <laughs> I, I, I would just say this on design. I think on designed runs, the Seahawks since week ten, I'm pretty sure are like thirty first in the league or some shit like that like they are like the worst uh right uh second worst run defense in the league on design runs like it's it's really bad they don't get a lot of negative runs they get run all over like it's 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 really rough man. i i don't need we're so we're like 30 goddamn 40 minutes into the podcast and i still i really i feel like we haven't even given a good answer on it because it's just finding new ways to say that they're just really really bad at it you know what also uh, here this will this will put it in perspective today um i love that you got the stat that dj moore didn't catch the pass today that's crazy <laughs> i did not know that until we until i got home so you pointed that out you know what also blew my mind 
I was talking to um talking to Quandre after the game, and he had mentioned I was talking about the run defense. He was like, Man, you know, like my job, I tell myself every week I don't want to give up no posts, no seams, no bombs. And in the run game, I gotta make sure that it doesn't turn into a big play, you know. If, no, no big plays on me. And I'm like, no, oh, okay, yeah. And I'm like, uh, he basically saved one from being big. I think it was a one of them chuba runs. Like 16, it was like 16 yards. And went back and looked. I was like, that was their longest run. Their mm. longest run today was 16 yards on a design run. I think Sam scrambled for like 25 or something, 26. But their longest design run, 16 yards. Despite that, they were still able to get 195 rushing <laughs> with no run longer than 16 yards. That's really crazy, man. That's just death by a thousand paper cuts. That's just uh, 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 just hitting you. That's I've, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Usually when you get run over like this, there's a couple big ones in there that skew the numbers. You know, for the past couple weeks, Clint Hurt has kind of been mentioning that. Like, like um, for example, the Raider game. There's an 86 yarder in there and a 30 yarder in there, right? What's 86 plus 30? Over 100 yards. Let's just start there. Yeah. So, but but it's one of those. Oh, if you take those two out, situation. Now you can't take those two out, but it does speak to like, okay, we really fucked up on two of those in particular. Maybe we can fix what we did on that on those two, and the rest of the numbers will look okay. You can't do that after this game. Because it was just quality run, quality run, quality run, quality run, quality run. First down, first down, first down, first down, first down. How many run? How many first down runs they have today? They had fourteen. Fourteen. That's a season high for the Panthers today. <laughs> fourteen first down runs. Like that's 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 just body blow, body blow, body blow. With not even a big chunk in there. That's like being in a boxing match and dude don't never even throw no haymakers at you. He's throwing jabs. He just <laughs> knock you out in the eighth off jabs. <laughs> That's crazy. You never, you never see that shit. We got and the crazy part is you see it coming. <laughs> yeah, you always jabs be just. Uh, uh, uh. When you want a baseball analogy, it's like a team scoring like twelve runs on you with no homers. They just hit hella singles, no extra base hits, just just bunches, just a bunch of singles until motherfuckers round the base. That's what the problem is uh, here. Like it's that's. That's almost the worst situation because that usually means you're not missing a bunch of tackles either. Usually uh, on a big, big ass run, you usually got to miss a tackle. Um, here, they're just, just space is just there right off the line, man. This really troubling stuff. Getting pushed back, and that's all she wrote. <laughs> Next yep. up, this one comes from Mike Davidson at Mike Industries. I'm curious. One thing I was curious about through Sunday's game when it's clear Donald isn't beating our corners deep or even at medium. Why are the safeties still playing more than 10 yards off the line of scrimmage? That's a good question, Mike. Um, I think that there's a few reasons for that. One of them is that's just the nature of their structure of the defense. Like you can't just, they're not just going to show single high and then run single high every time. Like if you consistently are giving the same picture to the quarterback uh, and the O-line pretty much, and everybody, if you're giving the same picture pre-snap as you are post-snap, like it's the NFL. Like, that's just, you got to mix it up a little. We got to be versatile in your schemes a little bit. And you got to account for, like, motions and stuff like that. Like, there's a reason you don't just show one thing and then do the thing. The Legion of Boom could do that shit. No one else can <laughs> can do that. Only the Legion of Boom was gifted enough to be like, look, bro, we're running cover three. We will even yell it to you guys before the snap. You can't stop. I guess it, you got to mix it up a little bit. Um, the other reason is that you still, 
the defense still they still don't want to get burned by the deep ball like you don't want to get lulled to sleep and then they get you like if you actually watch the panthers last game against the broncos that's kind of what happened they were running it running it running it running it and then sam would hit like a play action ball over you know patrick Sutan. he had like a 50 yarder to dj moore in that game that's pete carroll's worst uh nightmare is you get run on run on run on run on and then you cheat on the run coming up and then they play action your ass and they get you kind of happened in this in the second half that te- or the first half that play action touchdown it wasn't explosive like that but you know which right right uh, the, the touchdown they threw to shy smith oh after the interception well that play uh that's a bad play that's a cover that, that's cover three and as a cover three beater uh <laughs> where they just bring shy from uh, as a crosser across the the formation uh, yeah the not across the formation he comes into the secondary and ryan and cody are so far up on the line because of the play action that they don't have time to recover underneath and then i think there's a go ball that pulls there's a go route that pull, no it pulls uh michael jackson uh, oh you're away. talking about the corner okay yep yeah yeah it pulls michael jackson away and then um quandre i guess could come in come help on on that but that's really on the underneath guys i think so uh yeah that I mean there's a few reasons for that and again Again, they are bringing Ryan into the box. A couple plays, they're bringing Quandre into the box. You saw that. He had a tackle for loss, I think, or damn near. He, uh, not a tackle was, for loss. It, it was probably a short gain. He was there, though. He had a, He came from his safety position. Obviously, there was, I think, this is for the two-minute warning, there was no time left. They were obviously a running scenario, and you see Quandre is coming in and making a play. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the like, right before the right before the first half ends. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they have that stuff, but you have to do it consistently. They're bringing Ryan. I wish we could just do a whole watch the whole film together as like a stream on this. Like they're doing a lot of what you would say is the answer, and it's it's because guys are. It's if one guy gets knocked back into another gap, one guy doesn't get off a block, one guy doesn't hit the right fit, it can all go awry. Or even if it doesn't go awry, it's just a difference between a one-yard gain and a five-yard gain. That's huge. It's a huge difference, especially like first down. If one guy loses his one-on-one matchup or whatever, one guy's not in the right fit or whatever the thing is. So um, yeah, they're they're doing that. They're 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 running cover three. They're showing a single high or switching out or whatever they're doing, doing everything they can like pete kelly said it today he's like we threw everything they had it we had at them to try to stop what they were doing it just couldn't like that's the worst that's really the worst this next one is from philip burnbaum at based underscore field 95 do you think puna ford and cody barton will be on the seahawks team next season that's an interesting question um i think both of them are on our expiring contracts here let me see I'm pretty sure because Puna got a two-year extension a little bit ago. Puna for wow, Puna has a ten million dollar cap hit. Did not know that. Um, all right, I knew that. I just you know don't think about it very often. Um, so yeah, Puna's a free agent at the end of the year, and so is Cody. I would guess that Cody. If I had to guess right this second, I'd say probably not not Cody. Um, I just feel like they'll probably just want to look elsewhere. Uh, for that you know what i bet they would probably do i could see them signing a veteran there i i you could just see it like i i could imagine that that'd be the move there well maybe drafting a guy too um and then with puna i would say yes i lean to mostly because like he's not like a liability or anything out there but i think that 
it's one of those situations where his relationship with Clint will probably weigh in. Cause I don't think Clint like his fight or anything. So you have Clint and you got to remember Clint and Puna's tight, you know, Clint, when he was uh, at Louisville under Charlie strong recruited Puna, like brought him out there um, and wanted to, to sign Puna. Puna ended up going to following Charlie strong to Texas. And I think Clint ended up going to the bears, but then even like when they, uh, when Puna was coming out in the draft, you know, that Clint and uh, Puna reunited again on, I think Puna was one of their uh, 30 visits. And then when he goes undrafted, you know, Clint's one of the guys working the phones to make sure to try to get Clint, or to, excuse me, to try to get Puna on the team as a UDFA. So like that tie goes pretty deep, you know? So, and then you, you know, now Clint gets promoted. So I would think that at the end of the year, even if it's not at a pay raise, like I think Puna's, Puna got a pretty good contract last time around. Even if he doesn't get a raise, I would say he sticks around. Like when you're when your position coach get promoted to the D to the to defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator, uh, you're you're probably sticking around. So yeah, that would be my guess on both of those guys. That's a good question though. This next one comes from Tony K at Karate K eighty four. I keep seeing the front seven is hard to watch. Obviously, this is from other Twitter users. What can be done besides keeping Brooks, Nuosu, Harris? Who else is worth keeping? Mafe, Daryl Taylor. Puna Ford, maybe cut Monet, Cube Jeff, Collier. Your thoughts on there, Mike? So they make some. You kind of mentioned with Cody Barton for sure and Puna, but for everyone else, how do you think that plays out going into the next season? I think the 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 depth is an issue. Um, I think that's an. I do. I also think that have like I said, having J- Jamal and Quandre together will be a good tandem. Like if we're just projecting for next year, I guess that's how I kind of read that. Is that how you heard that question? You think like, a next yeah, he's year looking forward thing? and seeing what can, th- how can this defense get better with the, with what they have now and who should be on the roster next season based on contract situation, how they're playing. You mentioned Cody and Puna. So let's look at Collier, Q Jeff, Bruce Irvin. He's getting up there in age. And then Brian Monet thoughts on those guys so i think that short term you kind of just gotta deal with what you got and you could hear it too that's the thing about like run defense run defense is not it's some scheme like i've talked about some of it though like is get that big ass dude off of you and make a make a tackle you know you can hear it in ryan neal's press conference today and i talked to some other guys in the locker room too you know they get frustrated when the run defense is the problem because it's just such a it, 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 it's such at the fundamental part of the game. It's you got a dude trying to block you, get his ass off of you, and make a play. And that that get, that more than anything gets associated with like toughness and heart and grit and all those other adjectives. Like there's obviously technique to shedding a block or whatever. But sometimes it's like dog, just man up. Like I think Ryan Neal even said today, he was like, sometimes you just gotta bow up, let him hang, and make a play. You know, like and that by that he means. Be a man, drop your nuts, and make a tackle. Like that is at its fundamental, like core, what good football is about. And you don't really know how well guys will be in that that aspect on a consistent play-by-play basis. But I do think they need to, to the personnel thing long term. Short term, there's nothing you can do about that. Guys got to man man up and drop their nuts, which is a great quote. Uh, shout to Ryan Neal, great quote. Uh, sometimes you just gotta let them hang and do your thing. Long term, though, I really think they need better depth. And I think today was a good example of that. I think in particular, they need like more better three techniques. So not necessarily. 
not, not necessarily nose tackles like Al or Brian Monet. Like, I think, like, for, for what they're making, they're fine. You know, like, you're not going to go out and pay a nose tackle like $20 million, right? So, you, you, that's, that's, a, that's a position you're just never really going to spend on. Um, unless you're like the Jets and you got like Quinnen Williams, you know, he's probably going to get a bag. But unless you can, other than that, you usually don't pay those type of guys. You need like a three technique. You need some depth there. Because today, without Shelby, without Al, who was kind of playing like a one technique, three technique type thing. Without those guys, they were just they were about as bad as we've ever seen them, you know, outside of the Raiders game. So I think that the depth there is interesting. You got to probably clean house on everyone. I would probably say, I would say your start. I think the starters are still fine. Like I think Al Shelby Puna is still probably fine, but. The depth beyond that, I think you gotta like say, hey, we we need to clean house here. Let's 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 let's, let's go get some studs there. Like, let's invest some money in that in those positions. Uh, let's invest some draft capital. Excuse me, draft capital in those positions because you gotta rotate those guys. And right now, the rotation is not looking strong. Let's flip to the offensive side of things. This one's from Mohammed Khalif. Will Gino need to take a pay cut if the Seahawks lose out? Uh, not necessarily. It depends on why they lose out. Like today, for example, Gino, I thought was like fine. You know, like I don't think Gino's the reason they lost the game. The two turnovers were really bad. Um, the second one though, the free where he thinks he's getting a free play, that's tough. Because I'm pretty sure everybody watching at home probably thought, oh, that's a free play. Like Brian Burns is like a full half yard <laughs> over the ball at the snap. I don't know. And then there's another dude on the other side of the line. I think it was Frankie Louvre with Gokoops. I think Frankie was like offsides too. You know, so it was very clearly multiple players in the neutral zone at least. So I see why Gino just like, oh yeah, fuck it, free play. Like I see what he was seeing there, you know. Um that that's I don't necessarily consider that like a bad decision necessarily. Like in hindsight, you're like, oh wow. Why did he throw that? But in real time, I'm sure everyone was like, oh, they jumped. Um, so that throw not with not included in the sample. I think he had like two bad throws today. The first, the first interception is bad. Threw it late and threw it in the wrong spot. That was terrible. Uh, and then the second one, the one that almost got picked by JC Horn, damn near in the same spot to DK later in the drive. That was that was bad. That was bad, bad, bad. Um, that was like two balls that hit the defender in the like, smooth in the hands and you should not have have thrown either of those so two bad throws at least from you know just watching watching the game live two bad throws out of 36 dropbacks or whatever i'm not really or 36 attempts i'm not really tripping uh off that so if they have more games like this where it's clear like i think i haven't read everyone's coverage but i'm pretty sure like from all the radio stations to seattle times to tacoma news tribune everybody i bet you stay wrote about the defense pretty sure why? Because when you walked out of that building, you realized that was the story. It wasn't. It wasn't like oh, number seven couldn't get it done today. Um, like he wasn't great, but he clearly was not. Shoot, drop the microphone. Uh, clearly was not like oh, he's the issue. You know, it's one of those situations where we talk about after this podcast, we go through like a list of who's the biggest problems. Gino would be low on the list, I think. Like they didn't run the ball. Again, they cannot run the ball that is bad they, they can't ran... stop the run and they can't run it what do you know they ran for 26 yards today and travis had 26 and he ain't the only one who ran the ball 
Mm. You know, so that means everybody else did a whole lot of nothing. nothing. That's really bad. Really, really. I think I have. Do I have a stat? Do I have a stat on that? I think I have a stat on the run game. Oh, this was their season low on design rushes, by the way. Um, 26 yards. They might top it against the 49ers. Uh Oh, yeah. That 49ers defense is just is really nasty. Okay, here we go. I got a stat for you on the run game. Since week 10, the Seahawks have averaged 43 design rushing yards per game. Dead last in the league. 43 designed. So, again, there's no take out Geno's scrambles and stuff. 43. And they they run the ball for zero yards or negative yards on the design carries 31% of the time. Damn, a third of the time they're going backwards or nowhere. And that's second most in the league. I think only the Vikings are worse since week 10. That is not just a a bad run game. That is a, that is a run game that is actively holding the rest of the unit back. Like, the, the run defense is the same thing. We spent a lot of time on that. But when we're talking about the other side of the ball, that is not just a... Like, that's, that, your run game is a liability at that point. Um, it's a... It's very similar to like, you know, me and Chris are big basketball fans. Chris has watched a little bit more NBA uh, than I have time to. But like, y'all saw the story last night, last year in the playoffs. We followed the, uh, or two years ago in the playoffs, we followed the 76ers. Ben Simmons, he can't shoot. That's not necessarily that big of a problem. There's a lot of dudes in the NBA that can't shoot. He won't shoot. And it became a liability. They're four on five on offense that's exactly what the seahawks are doing they are their, their run game is not just bad it's become a liability because when you're going backwards second and 10 now it's second and 11 if you run out of first down uh or or you get stuffed on second and seven well now it's third and seven you know like all of these things and it's 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 uh is hamstringing a word yeah it's make it word? one it's yeah. hamstringing okay yeah. hamstringing yeah. that's where it's made up word it's hamstringing Shane Waldron's play calling. Like he, he's probably looking at the book like, man, but so much shit I can call if I can't call any of these runs we practiced. You know, like they probably go into any given game with eighty or ninety plays available, anywhere from seventy to ninety, probably. If thirty-five of them are runs and you can't run none of them, what the playbook can have man, that's tough. You know, so the run game just oh, oh, just just disgusting, man. So no, I don't think Gino has to take a pay cut. Um, if if the losses all look like this going forward, no man, Gino will be the one thing they're good at. Throwing it. Yeah. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This one comes from Mookie Alexander at Mookie Alexander. How likely do you think the Seahawks will draft the quarterback in the first round in 2023? We're gonna we're gonna set a record, Chris. I think we've gotten this this question once like a four, week, four weeks in a row, five, four or five weeks in a row. Um, shout out to Mookie though. I think Mookie's a consistent listener as well. Um, so are they gonna draft the quarterback? Someone texted me about that too. Well, multiple people do, but I was in a group chat with some people about that. I just cannot. Here, I'll, re- I'll read you what I re- responded to them uh, about about. Probably like, said something along the lines of, "I don't see how that would 
it won't work. You have a guy that's playing well. Why not bring him back? I said, uh, I didn't even think about that. I just said, I said it will be very hard not to use that pick, you know, the the pick they're going to get from Denver. Yeah, second overall at this point. (laughs) The Denver Broncos are bad. (laughs) Uh, I said it will be very hard not to use that pick on a defensive player. And then someone else responded with something I won't read. But I said they have four losses to the worst division in football because they can't stop the run. Mm. All four of those teams rushed for over 160. Two of them went over 200. They're going to draft a defender, I would guess. I just don't think when your defense is this bad, you you can afford to use a quarterback with the way Geno is playing as a luxury pick. You know, you just have so many other spots you could use with that. You still need a top-tier pass rusher. I like Chenna. Chenna's having a great year. Um, Chenna should probably be a pro bowler in the NFC. But you need another guy, clearly. Um, and so you need that. You need some run stoppers. Like, you need those, too much stuff. I, both of their first-round picks should probably be defense yeah now maybe they don't got to be linebacker they probably just gotta be defense you know so like you i don't think they can afford to do anything else you better off just signing gino and trying to fix your defense i think you got a better chance in the short term like with quandre with jamal with tyler with dk with your rookie tackles on on uh rookie deals they'll be second year guys but with Tariq on the cheap abe on the cheap Charles on the cheap. Like you have a lot of guys who are either in their prime or on the cheap. And that's when you really want to win. And I think you got a best chance of doing that with Gino over the next couple of years, not drafting Bryce Young or whatever and, and waiting for him to develop. So maybe he's good in 2025. Now Gino's good right now. Go win. You know, and yeah, you, you gotta fix your defense to do that. Imagine taking that guy and still having a bad defense. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like, ah, right, you drafted Bryce Young. Congrats. You still can't stop the run. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, <laughs> what did you solve? <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe you draft some guys later, and you know, with your your other first round pick, or you you know, no, that's a, that, that's a risk you don't take, Mike. Just <laughs> the other guys that can probably stop the run. I mean, look at their some of their best defenders are stopping the run. You know, you got Big Al, you got Puna. Yeah, like some of their guys are not. They're not all blue chip first round talents. You're right. You can right, do, but you you, do it without them. The but. Seahawks have an opportunity to make some changes if you yeah. can get. Go ahead and take that guy. Just bite the bullet. Get the best player available. And if it's a defensive guy and you like him, go for it. Don't, as we said, don't try to get cute and outsmart everybody and find a third-round defensive tackle. I'm like, ah, he's great. Get the best available DT. Get the best available linebacker. Get the best available whatever is available defensively. Yes. I do think, well, it depends. There's some positions I don't think you should use a top-five pick on. But if that's the case, trade back or whatever. I don't know. But, yeah, you you can't really afford to do that right now i don't think because a i don't think any of the quarterbacks in this draft are like leading this version of the seahawks to a super bowl you know like i'm not super high on on bryce um i'm a little higher on cj uh, but like honestly the person with the highest ceiling in that draft this draft class seems to be that kid from florida like that dude he's either gonna get a gm the GM of the year award, or he's going to get that GM fired. Like there's no in between whoever team takes him is either going to the Super Bowl or they're about to be drafting a quarterback like two years from now. Cause that he's just, he's just so up and down, but boy, I see some talent in that kid. So I don't really believe in any of those dudes as guys who can just come into a struggling situation. Cause you got to fix the run game and you got to fix the, you got to fix the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Very few quarterbacks are capable of overcoming that, you know, damn sure ain't no rookie. Unless you um, got Mike Vick or something. 
and even then like that's tough so yeah i think very i don't think uh like i think someone like the lions should take bryce because he can probably come in with the you know uh like the lions and texans both have really good offensive lines they can come in and just help out that, that you know they can both they can run the ball really well those are better situations right now the seahawks will be taking that 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 rookie quarterback in the first round hoping that you can lead them to a super bowl like right away um at the sacrifice of you know not taking a defensive player who could help you win that you know win that super bowl right away so don't take quarterback keep we got, few, got a few more this one comes from holly at hallberry 03 is it time to officially turn the page to the offseason for the seahawks no, I don't. Holly's another long-time listener. What's up, Holly? Um, also, I think Holly tweeted me and said she's like studying for finals or something like that right now. So, uh, good luck on all your uh, your your final exams, Holly. Um, no, no, no. Any time to turn the page, man. I, I, Chris, I think they can still make the playoffs. Oh, without know? question. And who would they play? They would play what the three seed. Right, they're probably gonna have to get in as a seven at this point, unless Washington just completely implodes. Um, so they probably got it, which could be possible because that, that Taylor Heineke thing is a combustible experience, I'm sure. So, like, would it be the Cowboys? No, they would, they would probably play the two seed, whoever the two seed would be. So, let's uh, say you get in as a seven and you got to go to Minnesota. Oof. I'm not scared of Minnesota, Minnesota you know, Minnesota's a hell, they lost today to the Lions oh, or Sunday. I think every team in the NFC North has a negative point differential. I'm pretty sure about that. Let's see. Let's check. Wild. Yeah. Minnesota's at minus. (laughs) Minnesota's at minus one. Oh, excuse me. The Lions. Detroit is the only team with a positive point differential. (laughs) Which is crazy. They're at plus two. They got Um, it done. Shout out to the the DC over there. Making some change. Aaron Glenn. Uh, yeah, no, shout out to Dan Campbell, too. His staff is black as hell, so I'm kind of rooting for Dan. Chicago's at minus 63. Uh, Green Bay's at minus 39. Then Detroit is, yeah, plus two. So the, the, I'm not, basically what I'm saying is the Vikings are the most fraudulent 10 and three team there is. So let's say you get in the playoffs and you're the seven, you got to go to Minnesota and play, you know, in, in their stadium, uh, you know, wild card weekend. Would the Seahawks be favorite? No. But I just think that that's not like the end of the world. And if you get the divisional round with this team and you have like a top three pick, that's like a win for your season. I think so. No, I don't think it's time to to give it up uh, quite yet. Even if you're seven and eight going into the the Jets game, I still think you got it. You got a shot. So, no, I, I don't think it's time to give up quite yet. It doesn't look good. I will say that. Like, it does not does not look good. But like, you know, what's funny. Uh, it's not funny because, but it's funny to me because I'm weird like that. But I, I'll ask some guys, like guys will be like, "Yeah, I know we're gonna turn this around. I got the faith to do. Uh, uh, you know, I believe we're going we're gonna fix it." Uh, you know, the, the classic response answer that we usually say as reporters is, "Okay, well, what gives you that faith?" And he's like, "Cause I know we got the guys. Like, uh, you know, we got we got the guys in this locker room. You know, or the, oh, those have something to the equivalent of, you know, just look around the locker room, look who we got. You know, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I just you can write it down. I just kind of walk away, and I'm just like, you know what? I mean." I mean, the guys you have are the reason you have this problem. You know what I mean? Like, in my head, I'm just like, I get what they're saying. It makes sense. It's the only thing you can say, right? It's like, I believe we're going to fix it because, well, you can't be like, I believe we're going to fix it. We're going to trade for Aaron Donald tomorrow. Well, no, you can't say that. You have to say, I believe in the guys in the locker room. And, then, you know, they believe that. I just, I just walk out of there thinking, well, I mean, the guys in the room are part of the problem. You know, like, 
it just, I don't know. I'm just, just, just weird, weird like that. But yeah, so it looks bad, but it's not the end of the world. And I do think here's the other thing. Gino is actually still putting up really decent numbers without a run game. And in the regular season, I think that can get you some wins um, here and there. I do because they can still get some explosive passes off with no. I mean, Gino's getting nothing from the run game, like absolutely nothing, and still throwing it relatively efficiently man like when you got a quarterback who can do that and pass protection that can generally hold up like that's that that can get you some wins let's take a step back and realize not that many people had this team where they are right now at seven and six so i think people just need to realize the season is not going the way the seahawks wanted to but boy there was no one out there except for who was the dude that was that thought seattle was building something i thought he was smoking moon rocks who was that? He was an NFL. Oh my goodness! You mean KJ? No, not, I, I told KJ he's tripping. I was like, bro, they might. Work <laughs> I said, bro, they might go eight nine and miss the postseason. He was like, I don't know, Chris. I think Gino got something. I'm like, I'm not doing it with you, KJ. KJ, you was right. I apologize. Man, it was a reporter. He was like, man, the Seahawks are building something. I'm like, building what? If they win more than eight games, I'll be stunned. And they're they can honestly win nine games. But I think everyone needs to just calm down and realize they've exceeded our expectations. Everyone that is listening to this show, I don't know if there's any listeners out there that are like, oh, yeah, I saw them going eight and nine besides myself. And even eight and nine is kind of a discredit because if I told them that, they'd be thinking, bro, you tripping, bro. We can easily get 11 wins, blah, blah, blah. For what it's worth, this team is doing something unique. All right. They, they yes, they suck at the run defense. Hope I, at this point, they're probably not going to figure it out. <laughs> to Mike's point, they look around the room. There are some problems in there as to why the run is not being stopped. Personnel changes. They can't make any moves and make this defense defense on the run better. They just got to really just execute and be consistent, which is a problem. So right. I think I think it's really just as simple as this team has exceeded everybody's expectations except for those in that locker room. And we'll see. We'll just see how it goes. There's, they still have an opportunity to definitely make the playoffs, but they got to win some games. And while their schedule might not be crazy tough, it's tough because one side of the two sides of the football can't do certain things. They can't run it well and they can't defend the run. And if those continue to be an issue, which my goodness, am I a genie in a bottle? It seems like that's going to be a problem for the rest of the season. They're probably going to win to go two and two, which is not terrible. But in this playoff race, that puts you at what nine and eight. Mm-hmm. Hey, that that might get you in, but it depends on what these other teams do. So I'll just say that. Well, here's the thing, though. Uh Uh-oh. Well, I just don't know how much the expectations from everyone else should matter. To them? Not just for the whole season, but just because of the start that they went out to. What did the Seahawks, what was their best record? It was a six and four? Were they six and four at one point? Is that right? Yeah, going up, they were going, yeah, was that, so 10, yeah, right before the bye week. Yeah, six and four, and then they lost, right, to the Bucks. Does that sound right? So they were six and three going into that game. Okay, six and even better. So they were riding high. <laughs> so if you start the year six and three, and even if we say you get to the bye week, you're six and four, right? Because they were in what first place in the NFC. Yeah, coming out, no, not the NFC, NFC West coming out of the the Bucks yeah. game, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. so flying home from Germany, you're in first place. To finish potentially like eight and nine, you're right, based on everyone else's expectation that's a win especially because you get a top three pick too <laughs> but shout when out you start the year like that like six and four six and three if you don't finish with 10 wins that's bad 
Like that's ten win without like losing like without losing someone important. You know, like they lost Jamal. Yeah, yeah but they, yeah, they lost Jamal like in the first half. Of the first game. Yeah. yeah, like if you start six and four, six and three, or whatever, you should finish with a a, a winning record. Like same thing, I would say with the Giants. The Giants started with like six and one or something like that. Oh, yeah. If they don't finish with a winning record, like I never thought they were good, like, even when they were six and one. But if they don't finish with a winning record, that's embarrassing. I think like that's 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 really bad for Brian Dable the first year um, with with him running the show. So you're right. Big picture for the year. Yeah, people wrote them off and people like us, um, you know, like, <laughs> ah, they won't be that good. And then they go, you know, eight, nine wins or whatever. That's fine. But in a vacuum. But if you start six and four and you can't get to 10 wins with the schedule that they had, they had a bunch of teams. But they, how many how many teams did the Seahawks beat with a winning record? So let's start, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think. Ooh, have they? Do the Chargers? Do the Chargers have a winning record? They at the time they were three. What were the? They were over five hundred. Yes, if I'm not mistaken, because I think they won like two games straight. All right, I so I think the Chargers and the Giants are their only wins uh, over teams with winning records. Yeah. Right, like like that currently have winning records, which is how usually that stat works. When you when you see that, it's not usually about what the team's record was at the time; it's what they currently have when you make make that uh, declaration. So yes, the Chargers have a winning record, seven to six. The Giants have a winning record, seven five. Right, but other than that, you look at damn the records for a second though. You look at the teams that they've lost to, and it's teams uh. that are not good. The Bucks are not good. The Raiders, not good. The Panthers, not good. Like the so you start six and four. You know you, you know what I'm saying. I just think that the you're right in a vacuum. Even if they were like go eight and nine, whatever, it ain't that that bad. You know that's like two wins above expectation or something. <laughs> next gen stats, whatever. but once you start six and four, that's that's rough. That's start six and three. It's just come on, man. You can't you can't you can't do that. So they need to get this. They need to get this shit together. It's bad. Last one. This one is from. A good old age. Does Lumen have the worst-looking artificial turf in the National Football League? The aesthetic of the field is pretty bad. Um, it's so random. I was actually just thinking about that the other day, uh, looking at film. I was like, man, this is just a weird. It, the games look old on film. They don't. <laughs> they don't look modern. Yeah, like when I watch a game, it, like the Vikings film for the, the Vikings tape looks like super cool. Like it feels like you're watching game like. It's just, it's just on the moon when you watch like the Vikings or something like that. Uh, but I don't think so. I think the the worst the worst playing surface it looks like is Chicago, but realistically, it's probably the where the Commanders play. Like those look those are dumps. Both of them are dumps. Uh, but yeah, just aesthetic is it's not. Uh, it's it, it's it's bad, but it ain't, it ain't the end of the world. At least their at least their turf isn't like ending people's seasons like SoFi. SoFi's field is bad, man. You can almost count. You can set your watch to someone having a lower body injury on SoFi Stadium turf, man. That's just five freaking billion dollar stadium. Can't have bad turf. What the? What is that, man? Low quality surface, man. That's that's pretty shitty. Uh, But no, I will say this on Lumen though. That 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 home field thing is gone. Mm. They have lost to some. Not even just this year. Over the years, they just have some. There's some 
disappointing losses, man. To some people, they have the like Colt McCoy. They've lost to Colt McCoy like twice. Yeah, he beat he beat the Seahawks on a bad hamstring. Boy, he tore his hamstring up and still got a dub. Yeah, he's he did it with two different teams too. He came in here with the Giants one year, Cardinals the next year. Lost to Sam Darnold. Didn't they lose to Taylor? They lost to Taylor Heineke. That wasn't here, but uh, it wasn't. Nah, I remember. I, fly I was away. in DC. Yeah, fly away to DC. Watched them lose on Monday night. Sixteen to fifteen or something. Seventeen to fifteen. Yeah, seventeen to fifteen because Russ threw a, a pick on the two point over time. Uh, they had a nasty two point conversion too. I was like, ew, that might have been the catch of the decade. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, you're thinking of the Bears game. That's right. They lost here, which was also oh. bad because it was like to Nick Foles or something. Okay, look uh, at that. Okay, I had it all yeah, mixed up. Yeah, I had yeah, all these yeah. backup quarterbacks in my head. Okay, that's what it was. It was the Bears. That's also the last time that they wore those uniforms that they wore today at home. Good call. They're like, they have never won a game at home in the uniforms they wore today. So burn those. Uh, yep. I actually like that colorway, but you can't win in that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty bad. I just, I believe in the Seahawks. I believe, I believe that they have some fight left in them to, to, to make a run. I believe in Gino and the weapons he's got. But you ain't picking them this Thursday. They just got to stop running screens, dog. Like, this is so bad. Stop. <laughs> I'm not, I'm hey, not. I, saw, I see the vision. It's unfortunate though. I don't see the vision, man. I'm about to. Hey see. man, when it works, I'm gonna at you because <laughs> it's gonna be on. two good screens this year. I think Ken Walker had one. I think like Marquise Goodwin had one. But like, hey, there's no room for growth. They can get it done. This is so bad. I, I, hey, I the one today almost worked, but you know the defender. Shout out Go Cougs. He uh, the one today a, almost worked. You can say that shit every week. That's the thing. The one today almost worked. That's two things can be true. It almost worked. And keep running them, guys. It's nah, gonna man. it's gonna come through. I believe. I won't we be like Mike. Throw you throw a towel in on it. You know how we basically, basically Pete got cyberbullied into doing the let Russ cook let thing cook. Uh, mm-hmm. because it was I'm such a, a strong bully. movement online. Yeah, we got a cyberbully Shane Waldron into stop running screens. I don't know what Dang. the catchphrase is that we gotta think of. Let's got a hashtag. We got a cyberbully Shane Waldron into never calling another screen. Shane, I have no problem with it. It didn't result in a turnover. Gino just, you know, could have got a little higher there. But I understand what you're trying to do. Get better, execute, and then when it happens, we can tag Mike in and say, hey, screens work. Just got to execute. It's the simple things in life. No, no, no. Just give it up. (laughs) I'd rather they run flea flickers or something. Try something else. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then, hey. No, flea flickers, that's going downfield. To your point earlier, the screen tries it's tries it's another form of trying to set up the run game. Yeah, so they're that's, trying to supplement the run game, but there's other ways to do I don't know. A flea flicker run, ain't it. <laughs> run the wildcat to DK or some shit. Like I just and they they try that and, and DJ Dallas was throwing a pass. Scratch that. Uh yeah, no, no. You don't gotta just run the wildcat though. Like no, not like a zone. Don't throw it. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't need you making reads and throwing. No, just hand. Hey, it there's no need. No need for make, for making a read. You see, DK one on one. Throw that up. No, no, no. I'm not. It's got to be a good pass. They got to do something else besides the screen. If they, we got to just. That's what we need to work on as a as a Seahawks like media people. We need to cyber bully Shane to never calling another screen as long as he's the coordinator because it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Stop oh, doing it. That concludes our very first episode. Of, no, was this our very first one? Was just straight Twitter questions? I feel like we might have done this before. It might be our first post game. We've done a mailbag before a couple of times. Oh yeah, this is our first post game Twitter question show that we've ever done. So that that tells you how much we've talked about how bad the run defense is. 
I think that sums it up. But we won't do a pregame show for the Niners because it just wouldn't make sense to drop hit after hit like that. We'll give you guys a break. <laughs> yeah, it's just a short week to, to get to get me, Chris, and Matt Barrows, who covers the Niners schedules, to line up over the next two days is very tough. We're all very busy because of the short week. So, yeah, no, no preview episode this week. But if anything, we definitely plan on dropping our film review. We'll figure out when we'll drop it, but that'll be coming. And then obviously we'll do our post-game show for you. It'll be coming to you Friday morning. Might have to, you know, do some off the scene stuff. We wake up early and do the show. <laughs> I can't wake up that early. It's tough. Well, I guess we're gonna be thugging it late then. One of the two, we'll figure it yeah, out. I can stay up late. I'm a night owl. I can I can do it. Maybe. So Mike says, Man, I'm just not leaving, bro. It's 1 a.m. You still want to do it? <laughs> nah, yeah, I can do it. It's fine. All right. Well, we appreciate all the love and support. Thank you guys for Twitter questions. We'll catch you guys later. Anything else you want to add, Mike? I just want to echo the appreciation of the love. We would not be able to do this without you guys. Spotify, Apple, people listening to the Athletic, YouTube, whatever, man. We appreciate all that love, all that support. We do this for you guys every every episode, once a week, twice a week, three times a week. It's just straight for you guys. So love you. Appreciate you. We will catch you guys later in the week. Peace. You see, I don't have to drive me up to say that for your mama. Maybe you should smoke some. You tried to mail hot hours. That'd be good. But the vibe was straight. Shows you a couple of things and they finished changed. I treated you right. Everything was a gift from a time to your bag. And the color on your lip gave you.